Welcome to the What Matters Most podcast, presented by First United Bank and Trust. That's my bank. Visit us today at mybank.com. Hello and welcome to What Matters Most, a podcast all about finances, community, savings, and security for you, your family, and your business. This podcast is brought to you by the helpful folks at my bank, First United Bank and Trust. I'm your host, Eric Nutter, and in today's episode, What Matters Most is planning for your estate needs. And for this helpful discussion, I'm thankful to be joined remotely today by Annette Chapman, Vice President and Senior Wealth Advisor in First United's Wealth Management Department. Annette, how are you doing this morning? Doing wonderful. Thank you. I really appreciate you joining me and talking about this topic, which probably a lot of people don't don't have uh, you know a lot of knowledge of, uh, but you do, and so you're here to to share some of that knowledge. Um, but Annette, this is your first time on the podcast, so actually, would you start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself and your background there at First United? Okay, um, sure. So I started working at First United. Um, it'll be forty years this uh, June, actually. Um, I started out as a part-time teller um, on the retail side of the bank and um, did several jobs on the retail side of the bank um, before coming to the wealth management department. So I've been in wealth management for, um, it'll be 30 years this year. And um, so just have really grown and learned a lot in um, not only estate planning, but um, retirement, trust, um, you know, all different types of um, investments and and things like that over over the years. That's incredible. In, during your time in the wealth management department, were you always a wealth advisor or did you serve different roles? No, I started out as a trust administrator mm-hmm. and I was an administrator from um, 1993 to 2000 and then became um, an officer or an advisor um, in 2000. So wow. I've been doing what I'm doing now since um, July of 2000. That's so awesome. Well, yeah. Thank you for sharing that. So, uh, so our discussion today focuses primarily on planning for your estate needs. So can you level the playing field for our listeners and tell us a little bit about what estate planning even is? Well, estate planning is really mapping out how you want your personal and financial affairs to be handled in case you become incapacitated um, or upon your death, and then also creating the legal documents to be able to have either your um, power of attorney or your personal representative be able to handle your affairs in the event, again, of your incapacitation or your death. Um, every estate plan should address the, you know, the disposition of your assets upon your death and then, you know, the management of your, your medical care or your financial affairs, um, in, in case you become incapacitated. So it's not just about where your money goes, it's all of your assets and even how you, you are handled. Exactly. Exactly. Because with the, you know, one of the documents that we, um, you know, use in the estate and financial planning, um, you know, realm is a healthcare power of attorney. And so um, that allows somebody to become um, you or step in and be able to make decisions for you if you're unable to. Mm, Okay. All right. So um, I would suspect that like many people, uh, 
out there, you know, I, I, I often thought things like this were for wealthy people. So I guess the question is who should have estate planning? It sounds like maybe everybody. <laughs> well, really everybody should have a state, uh, have a state plan. Um, you know, uh, if you have children, you know, one of the, one of the documents in an estate plan and probably the, the cornerstone document in an estate plan is your last will and testament. And in your will, you state, you know, who you want to have your assets upon your death. You state who you want the personal representative um, or executor or administrator, whatever the term is in the state that you live in. Um, and that's the person that actually makes sure that your estate is um, handled according to not only state law, um, your last will and testament document, but, uh, you know, according to your, according to your wishes. The, the last will and testament will state who you want to have your assets who takes care of the assets and does and does the distribution of the assets according to according to your wishes, um, and that's the you know the the like I said the cornerstone of the um, estate planning um, estate planning process. But if you have minor children, one of the most important things that you can do as a parent of a minor child is name the guardian of a minor child. Um, in your will, because that's that's where you that's where you would state who you want to take care of your children upon your death, um, in case you and your spouse are you know killed in a common accident, or you know maybe you aren't married, or or whatever. Um, but anybody can apply to become the guardian of your child, but that may not be the person that you want to be the guardian of your child, and so your will is where you state. That and that again is the most important thing as a parent that you can do. Gotcha. So uh, the cornerstone is the will. Mm-hmm. What other documents make up uh, an estate plan? Well, um, as I mentioned previously, um, a health care power of attorney. Mm-hmm. And again, what that does is that if you become incapacitated, it allows somebody to make medical decisions for you. Um, Another um, document is a financial power of attorney, and and basically that person would be able to make any financial decision that you would be able to make for yourself. So it's very important that you, if you, whoever you select to be the financial power of attorney, that it be someone that you trust explicitly because they are basically in place of you and can handle anything almost that you could handle for yourself. They can pay your bills. They can sign your tax returns. They can buy and sell real estate. I mean, they really have a lot of authority um, in a, in in doing things for you. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are a couple of different types of financial power of attorneys. There are limited and there are general. So a general is just it's effective immediately and it you know, they can, they can pretty much do anything that you could do for yourself, um, except they can't change your will and they can't change <laughs> the beneficiary of your life insurance policy. Um, but pretty much everything else Those is are good fair safeguards game. to have in place, I would think. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, with the, um, with the, uh, 
the li- there is a limited power of attorney, which um, becomes effective only when two doctors state that you are incapacitated and can no longer handle your own affairs. So you can, you know, because a general one is effective immediately. And so even if you're still able to handle your own affairs, they can go ahead and do stuff for you, um, where on a limited power of attorney, it would only be when two doctors, one of which is your primary doctor, state that you are incapacitated and no longer able to handle your own affairs. Mm -hmm. So a lot of our customers like to choose that type of power of attorney just to give some some sort of control um, that they can't just go out and do anything at any time. It's only when it's only when it's needed. Got it. So, and then another, uh, other documents that could become, um, you know, depending on the type of, um, you know, whether you are extremely wealthy or not, um, you know, another, um, another document would be a trust agreement. Um, Trust can be created in your will or they can be a separate document themselves. And there's a lot of reasons to have trust and that's a little more in depth probably than we're going to want to get into today. (laughs) But, um, but, you know, many times a trust agreement is um, something that is very beneficial for, you know, if you have a, a special needs child or if you have, you know, a child that maybe is a spendthrift and wouldn't spend mm-hmm. their money properly if they inherited, you know, money from you. Or if you are in a, maybe you're in a second marriage and you want your spouse taken care of, but you want the money upon their death to go to your children. So there's all time, kinds of different situations and scenarios that people have, um, you know, today. And so sometimes a trust agreement is the best way to handle those types of um, situations that are not, you know, well, upon my death, I want everything to go to my spouse. If my spouse predeceases me, I want everything to go to my kids. Right. You know, a, a will will handle anything like that. But if it's something that's a little more complex where, again, a, a second marriage or, you know, the, the child wouldn't handle things properly, then a trust is um, many times the best way to handle those types of situations. Gotcha. It sort of puts <laughs> rules and guidelines around it. So it, it sort of paces things out. Uh, I want, right. and regardless of how much money there is in the trust, it says, I, maybe I only want this much to go to them when they turn 18 and then this much at 25 and the rest at 30 or whatever. Right. And you can specify whatever stipulations in the trust that you want. You can be, you know, we have some clients that, you know, set up that their child gets a distribution each year equal to their W-2. We have some that say, okay, when they turn, you know, 25, they get a distribution. When they turn 30, they get a distribution. And when they turn 35, they get a distribution. Um, We have others that say, you know, they get a final distribution when they're 65, you know, I mean, and wow. it can be whatever each person feels is best for their family. Gotcha. Um, and there's no, you know, there's no limit on what it can say, or um, as long as it's legal, it's, right. <laughs> it can say whatever you want it to say. Right. And then those rules are governed by, I mean, obviously law, but like who manages it at that point? So is- when, 
Yeah, when you have a trust, you name a trustee, and the trustee would be responsible for managing the assets that are in the trust according to um, the terms of the trust agreement and making distributions to the beneficiaries at the time that the beneficiaries need, you know, say they get a distribution at age at age 30. So they make sure that that beneficiary gets that distribution at age 30. Um, and this and is a, just a, a trustee, person or like an organization? Well, it can. We're just getting ready to say it can. A trustee can be an individual that you trust to take care of things for you. Many times in family with family dynamics, it's not a good idea to have, you know, a, a cousin or an aunt or an uncle or a brother or a sister be the trustee of a trust for, you know, somebody in their family because then, you know, if the beneficiary asks for money for whatever reason and then doesn't get it, then they can be mad. <laughs> right. So many times people choose the bank um, to be the trustee because then, you know, the bank is a, you know, a third party that's not part of the family right. dynamic that, you know, they can... Um, if the, if the beneficiary is going to be mad at anybody, they're going to be mad at the bank and right. not their brother. And, and the bank is obviously <laughs> going to follow whatever the guidelines are. So they're not making decisions based on feeling. They're making them based on does the request meet the the requirements of the document? Of the document. That's correct. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. So. It sounds like – so tips and tricks like that, are those a big part of the conversation? Like when somebody comes to you and says – Annette, I need to set up an estate plan and you start talking through things. Uh, it sounds like you're, you're giving a lot of those kinds of, well, what if this, what if that, uh, how, how do you, how do you guide those conversations in a way that, cause it feels like a uh, question overload, you know, how do you break it down <laughs> to the point that, that I feel good about the decisions I made? Well, the way we start with doing an estate plan is we look at, A, what you're, if you have a current will or a current power of attorney, then we look at that and say, okay, this is what it says now. Is this still what you want it to say? And if it is, if it's fine, then we really don't need to do anything. But if it doesn't, you know, based on situations that have changed um, since your the last will, or if you've never created a will, we start with looking at, okay, all of your assets, what are they? And what are your goals? You know, what are your goals for your children or your grandchildren and, and things like that? Um, and then we look at, are there any special situations in your family that need to be addressed? You know, again, do you have a special needs child? Do you have a child that is, and when I say child, it may not necessarily be a minor. It could be an adult child that is, you know, maybe a spendthrift or, and a lot of times it's not the child or the, you know, the, the child of the person that's the fact that they, they're an adult child and the person that they're married to, they may be. <laughs> <don't>. <laughs> uh -huh. So sometimes those yeah. conversations come into play and, you know, how can I protect, how can I protect my assets so that if my child gets divorced, that their spouse doesn't get their assets wow. and just, you know, a lot of different conversations like that and trying to look at, you know, 
um, I, I say to almost everybody, you know, I feel like I'm playing the devil's advocate, but, mm-hmm. you know, what do you want to happen if this happens? And what do you want to happen if that happens? And what do you want to happen if that happens? You know, because we don't know what the future holds. None of us do. So we kind of have to look and think about what can happen in each of these situations and then try to address as much as possible what you want to happen if those situations happen. Mm. And many times they never do, but you don't know. So you, you need to have those, you know, addressed in, in your documents in order to be able to make sure, you know, because once you pass away, it can't be changed, (laughs) you know, so it becomes irrevocable. And so So put these things um, in place and give yourself some peace of mind. Exactly. Exactly. And that's, that's what it does. It gives people peace of mind that, they can go on about their life and they can do the things that they enjoy doing and not have to worry about this in the back of their head that it's, um, you know, what happens if something happens to me, right. you know, and right. I mean, are my kids and grandkids going to be okay? Right. So, um, uh, one, one thing that I'm sure everyone considers or is thinking of when they hear the idea of estate planning is cost. Uh, how how do how does the cost of doing this? What does that break down to? How do how do you how do you get paid for for do, <laughs> creating one of these for somebody? Well, here at First United, um, we are certified financial planners, and so we um, we have the training to be able to be you know to do all of this. Mm-hmm. However, we are we're we're planners, but we're not attorneys. Mm-hmm. And so we are not allowed to write the documents. So the the will has to be prepared by an attorney, the power of attorney documents, the trust documents. Those all have to be prepared by an attorney. You know, here at First United, we do, you know, free estate planning for customers as far as our services. But then the the cost of the will, the cost of the trust agreement, the cost of the power of attorney documents, those the customer has to pay. Gotcha. And and unfortunately, it's very difficult to say what exactly those are going to cost because in different regions, it varies. Um, yeah. it varies. And also the complexity. So if you have, you know, for example, here in Garrett County, if you have a, a simple will that just basically says, you know, when I die, I want everything to go to my spouse. My spouse is the personal representative. And if my spouse predeceases me, Everything goes to my kids, and one of my kids is the personal representative. It's very, you know, very just straightforward will. Then basically you're looking at, you know, 250 to $300 here in Garrett County. Gotcha. Um, now, in other areas, it could be, you know, $500 for something like that. Right. But then the more, the more um, restrictions or the more complexity to, that you add to that, then that, that, in, that increases the, the price. Gotcha. Um, you know, for a power of attorney document, you're, you know, 100 to 150 on that. And the trust agreement, you know, those typically are a little more complex. And so those you're looking at maybe, um, you know, around $1,000 um, or up, again, depending on the complexity. Gotcha. So, but, but, uh, depending on, uh, the need, I guess that's, that would be part of the advisory services that you provide. You would help guide a person. You need these, you probably don't need that one. And here's probably roughly what your cost is going to be. And do you then take care of all of that for the client if they agree to it? 
yes, what we do is we, um, now, depending on the attorney, um, some attorneys require that they actually sit down and meet with the client. Mm -hmm. So we, you know, go with the client and explain or, you know, we, I send a, you know, a memo that says this is the conversations that we've had and this is what we, you know, this is what the client is, is interested in. Um, other attorneys that we work with here locally will prepare the documents. Um, you know, we tell the attorney this is what they need, this is what it needs to say. They'll prepare the documents, send them back to us. We will then sit down with the customer, review them to make sure that they say what they want them to say, and then um, have them signed and and executed. Excellent. Awesome. This has been really, really uh, enlightening and, and helpful, hopefully, for our audience. Uh, Annette, is there anything else that people should know about the estate planning process um, to kind of wrap this up? Well, again, you know, the estate estate planning is something really that every that everybody needs. Um, you know, when you when you turn eighteen, you know, most eighteen year olds have stuff. You know, at this point in time, so um, it is um, it is really for everyone. Um, we do have on our website the it's www.mybank.com. We do have an entire estate planning. Um, section on the website. So it talks about the wills, the powers of attorney, the trust, the different types of trusts and things like that. So you can get more detailed information there. Um, and that way it's, um, you know, sometimes people, um, if, as they read through things, then, you know, things will start to click a little bit better. Excellent. Awesome. So one last thing I want to bring up as we uh, transition to the end of our our time together today. Um, So Annette Wealth Management is celebrating its 60th anniversary this year. And that is a a ton of experience and knowledge that we have in all of the representatives, including yourself here in our, you know, in our neighborhoods. Um, I'm curious, uh, you, you've been with the organization for a while and in wealth management for a good chunk of that time. What do you what do you like best about working in the wealth management department at First United? I think the thing that I like the most is that um, my clients become my like my family. Um, you know, I mean, I have. I go to birthday parties, I go to <laughs> anniversary parties. I mean, you know, I mean, I in in becoming an advisor to you to your clients, you become like like almost one of the family members. And um that is what I I enjoy the most is um helping them and you know, if they have a situation that they're dealing with, um you know, helping them figure out the best way to solve that situation. And because I deal with so many different people, I never do the same thing every day. Right. Um, I have something different, you know, because each person's situation is different. Mm-hmm. And so, um, you know, just the challenge of being able to, um, you know, help someone through a situation that they're struggling with is um, is probably the best, is the best thing that I like about my job. Awesome. Awesome. Annette, thank you sincerely for joining me today and providing such helpful insights. If, uh, if a listener has a question, wants to learn more, maybe they want to get some support with estate planning. Um, what's the best way they can get the support they need? Well, again, um, going to our website, the www.mybank.com 
each region, um, they're all of the finding all of the wealth advisors that are um, in the in all of our regions, from Frederick all the way to um, Morgantown and everywhere in between. All of our contact information is on the website, and so um, I would recommend that they um, you know contact a wealth advisor that is in their in their region and um, schedule you know give them a call and schedule an appointment, and you know they can start going through um, you know the planning process with them. Annette Chapman, Vice President and Senior Wealth Advisor in First United's Wealth Management Department. Thank you again so much. Thank you. Well, that brings us to the end of our show. You can always find more episodes by visiting mybank.com slash podcast or find us on your favorite podcast app. You can also leave feedback, ask questions, or request a topic for us to discuss by sending an email to podcast at mybank.com. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next time with more helpful content. But until then, we wish you the best in focusing on what matters most to you. Do I have enough money to retire? Is my family protected if something happens to me? Is my plan getting me where I'm going? Are you ready if I want to be a doctor? When it comes to money, we all have questions. That's why First United Wealth Management has a team of experts ready to listen and provide solutions. First United Wealth Management. First United, my bank for life. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. This recording is for informational purposes only. Any references in this recording to any person, organization, product, or service does not constitute or imply the endorsement, recommendation, or affiliation with First United Bank and Trust. First United is not responsible for your use of the information mentioned within this podcast. Please consult legal or tax professionals for counsel as needed.